When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest episode of Chessie Hour. I'm your host Sam today and I've got two lovely guests but before I introduce them I'll just plug the socials so if you could follow um, the main account which is Touchline Fracker on Twitter, uh, Touchline Fracker is the at and then if you just follow Chessie Hour as well um, you'll see the brilliant tweets from Meads and Dan hitting you daily with great content and for our guests today we've got the uh, wonderful Jay how are you yeah all good my bro how you how you doing yourself good good week off playing the new call of duty so you know how it is yeah <laughs> uh, and we got Babs today how are you mate I can't complain man can't complain feeling good good to be back as always and I mean I guess you could say it's good to have an international break over and get back into club football yes for sure for sure. So yeah, as as Bab said, there has been international breaks. So there hasn't obviously been loads going on at Chelsea, but as it is Chelsea, we know that there's always something going on, the circus we are. But um, yes, I thought I'd just first touch on kind of <clears throat> the international break. Did any of you catch any games? Any kind of Chelsea players you saw impressed you or didn't impress you, etc.? Uh, I'll start with you, Jay. Um, I think I caught bits of the England games as as awful as they were um yeah i was just watching out i was probably just watching out to see maybe if connor probably got some minutes just to see how he probably started the team and then um just to see if palmer got some minutes really i'm kind of glad they didn't get a lot, a lot of minutes to be fair so facts yeah. but yeah it weren't um 
I weren't really interested in much, to be honest with you. I, like Bam said, I was just like glad to get the, the international break finished and, and done, man. I'm done with international breaks, honestly. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. I mean, I didn't even really watch the England games. I'm pre- we're already through, right? Um, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, I think Cole yeah. Palmer came on for the last like 20 minutes against Malta. Um, I had it on in the background, didn't really see much. And then, yeah, Gallagher, I think, started. But yeah, once again, we didn't even do that well against Malta. So not sure how well he played. Uh, but what about you, Babs? you catch anything else or just not really? No, man, I'm... I'm... Everybody knows, but I'm anti-social, but I don't waste my time on that, on that stuff, man. Like, there's, that, it doesn't do anything for me. Unless it's a tournament, I've got no interest. It could be Nations League, I've got absolutely no interest. I didn't, I didn't even know who played. You, you could no, ask no, me who no. played. I, 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 I can let you know who played, brother. I can let you know who played. I have no idea. Uh, no Nigeria idea. played twice, brother, and they uh, lost or drew to Zimbabwe, and they lost to Lesotho, mate. <laughs> hey, look, that's, 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 a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. But as I said, I do not follow social football. I hear you, man. The major tournaments, you know, I don't want to know about it. You know, whenever I see fans hyping these like clips of certain guys, you know, it's, if it's I see one more Noni Madueke under twenty one clip, I'm going to lose my mind. I swear on my life. Uh, let, let me let me let me just see this see this in the Chelsea shirt, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Back on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, kind of moving on from the international break, obviously kind of going into this week against Newcastle. We'll touch on the actual Newcastle game later, but I just want to quickly touch on kind of Nkunku and Lavia. Uh, we'll start with Nkunku because he looks to be returning a little bit sooner. So we've got um, some kind of, I don't know if they're leaks or some information coming through that he might make the bench against Newcastle. Uh, I'm not sure if he will, um, but yeah. So what do you guys think of that and how excited are you to see Nkunku? I'll start with you, Babs. Um, to honestly, I'm not really in the, in, the, in the business of being excited to see injured players, but I've more so got an intrigue, I guess, to see like how he's going to fit into the team. So um, I don't, I highly doubt he's going to start the game, obviously, or like any game coming forward. But I think it'll be interesting, just given how like you know you've seen a lot of the players, you know, big enough in the comments, you know, like you saw Thiago Silva telling him rest time is over. So it kind of makes you think that these guys, you know, they they've got quite a lot of stocks in him coming in and having an impact. So hopefully he can actually do that. For the team, so I guess that's a positive. And I think it's going to be interesting because I, I believe, anyway, and the initial on the, from the initial outset, the plan was to have um, Nkunku and Sterling out wide behind the striker. You know, judging just based off preseason, I mean, you'd have like a Madueke or Mudrik coming in, and I can kind of understand why because you get the goal for it, you get the, the impact in you know, the final thirds, and they are senior players that have experience, you know, playing in those positions, and it's something we've lacked for quite a while. So I'd say I've got a, an intrigue. Am I excited? No, because at the end of the day, right, this guy's been out of football for, for quite a while now. You know, this is his second big injury. So I think people need to temper their expectations, you know, not and because when you know what when you have these high expectations, you know, everybody's excited. And when the player doesn't really live up to the expectations straight away, people start to, you know, shit on the player. And yeah, so it's, it's that it's that typical thing of when a player's injured, you know, they've been away for a while. People people are excited, they're like, ah, oh, you know, it's the unknown. But for me, I'm gonna temper my expectations. Have a general intrigue and just sit back and observe and see what happens. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. So I think what you said about I think our original plan was probably something along the lines of Sterling and Kunku Jackson, um, with like a Madweken and Mudrick coming in. And maybe when we first signed and Kunku or 
at the start of kind of pre-season when Poch came in. Uh, I don't know if Palmer was an idea then or what's happening with Palmer, but I think Palmer's form, it doesn't put a spanner in the works because that sounds like a negative thing, but it kind of, it maybe changes what the original plan was going going to be. So kind of um, with that information, Jay, what, what do you think is the plan when Nkunku comes back um, where, who do you think is kind of most likely to sit down or where do you think Nkunku is most likely to play? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one because like with, with Nkunku, um, like Bab said already, it, it is quite clear that like a lot of people have got stocks in Nkunku at the club, like not just the players, the, the, you know, the management, the, the coaches, all of them. They all seem to be very excited about Nkunku coming back and he does seem to be like a massive, massive part of what we were plan- planning to do. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, he's probably going to be in the front three behind Jackson and I think Palmer will probably be like on the right side with uh, Sterling left, something along the lines of that. I, I can see Poch probably going with that. That's probably the most reliant um, front line at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I think even in pre-season, uh, when Nkunku and Jackson played together, we saw kind of like the start of what seemed to be like a good relationship. So I think that could definitely be um, the kind of the way we go. But then at the same time, you'd argue... If you're playing a front three and you're not playing that kind of 10 role, then maybe Jackson is the most likely to miss out because I don't think at this moment you drop one of Sterling or Palmer. Um, and personally, Jackson maybe is he's obviously got a hat-trick against Spurs and then he got the one goal against City as well. So he maybe is coming into a bit of form. And I mean, maybe he's kind of an easy um, thing to say is he is like Drogba for us this season in the sense of he seems to be turning up in the bigger moments. Even if he didn't score against Liverpool, he was really good against Liverpool. He obviously gave um, Van Dijk and I think it was Konate a horrible day. And then he was... um, The Spurs game, I know people, um, they touched on it and Shems and um, stuff touched on it on the pod about him kind of getting cussed out. He was slightly annoying because he was missing a few chances, but he also did score a hat-trick and was a constant threat. Um, Sounds horrible, but he kind of led to the Van der Ven injury with obviously him just absolutely roasting him. And then he scored three goals and was just a hell hell all day. And I think against City, he maybe wasn't at his best because he didn't really get involved as much as probably your Sterlings and your Palmers. But he still came up with a clutch goal and a clutch time from the Gallagher rebound. So I think it's an interesting problem to have. And I, I think it was Babs who just touched on it in terms of seeing injured players. I don't think there's any need because of kind of we're doing pretty well at the minute. Um, we're pro- one of the informed teams in the league, maybe even if results aren't specifically going exactly our way. But we don't need to just change everything instantly. Give him time to come back on, maybe twenty minutes at the end of Newcastle. And you and I mean, guys, you know what Newcastle are like. They are a, I think, Disu obviously tagged it as fugball. So you don't want to bring someone who's been out for six, seven months or however, I don't think it's been that long actually, but like four or five months into a game of Newcastle's magnitude and how they play because they are just going to, they're going to like batter you and it might not be the best game to bring him back on. But yeah, I think it's 
it's definitely exciting times to see in Kunku. I mean, I think like you both touched on, he was bought as kind of the marquee attacker, I guess, the one to carry the load of kind of assists and goals, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting times and I hope we get to see him a little bit, if not against Newcastle, then in our next game for sure. Um, another player we obviously brought in the summer that should be back, I'm not sure, as soon. I don't think there's any talk of him being involved against Newcastle or anything, maybe more towards the new year, but it's Lavia. And I think a lot of us, especially in the Chelsea Hour space, are very excited about this Lavia move and this kind of Lavia um, potential with our midfield, uh, especially our obviously two kind of marquee midfielders we brought um, over the past year or so. I think that's what most people see. But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you think he, um, Lavia, fits into our midfield with obviously Gallagher surprising a lot of people this year and um, maybe Enzo and Caicedo um, not hitting the heights. We hoped they would, even though I think it's a bit overstated, but maybe people would have at the start of the year said Enzo, Caicedo, Lavia, that's kind of your midfield three, but I think the Gallagher throws a, throws a spanner into the works there. So yeah, uh, Jay, so what, what would you think about Lavia when he comes back in and how does he fit in? The, the thing with Lavia is I, I feel like the Lavia and Palmer, um, yeah, sorry, the Lavia and Palmer situation, I think they kind of go hand in hand in terms of how the team turns out because Palmer can obviously play central and Kunku, we just spoke about coming back, can play central as well, which means that you lose a midfielder. And then on top of that, you've got you've got Caicedo, you've got um, Gallagher and you've got Enzo. So... I think it, it it's going to be tricky, but um, yeah, I think he does add something. Like he's obviously one of our natural, like defensive midfielders, like more natural than I think the others. Where the others are like more box to box. Um, but yeah, I do. I think a lot of people know already. I have like massive stocks in Lavia. I think he's going to add something very very different to to the rest of them. So it'll be interesting to see what his debut is like when he comes in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally agree. I think, like, we all have big stocks in him. He looks a proper talent. Um, what about yourself, Babs? You've got anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think I think Jay covered up perfectly, but I think similar to the Nkunku thing, you've you just got to be careful about the idea of a player, you know, and how you see them in terms of versus how they're going to come in because the guy's not playing football in a one-on-one. You know, he's obviously still young and inexperienced. He's going to need to get up to the pace of things. And, yeah, he's incredibly talented, but you can't put too much pressure on these guys because... They're really young players and in this season especially, you know, we've already seen how the way fans can, one minute they love you, you look at Jackson, they, they were loving him in pre-season, they were loving him and next thing you know is our uh, drop Jackson, sell Jackson, worst striker we've ever seen in Chelsea history. So I think with, with Lavia, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big talent, but I don't think there's any rush to come straight in, you know. I think the, I think we'll definitely see him, you know, around the January time, you know, probably, probably playing a couple of cameos here and there, but I'm not in any particular rush to bring him straight in because you don't really want to you know, all to the midfield balance. That's like the measured side. The other side for me is, I think he can be really important for us. Um, he's a bit of a unicorn in the fact that he's, he's really impressive in the first phase, but he's got some box spot tendencies as well. You know, so I do think he can probably fit in a couple positions. In my opinion, I think we can definitely see him, you know, either play in the six or in the eight. Um, I think in the six, 
he'll probably offer a, maybe a bit more than Kaiser, not a bit more than Kaiser, but I feel like he's going to be a bit more com- comfortable. That makes sense than Kaiser in terms of the way he um, actually builds up play, you know. And although Kaiser is really good, I think he, can, I think Lavi can really, really help us there in the first phase. Um, in terms of how the, the midfield would actually fit, I could see it being midfield three of Enzo, Kaiser, and Lavi. And the, the, the only worry then would be, you know, about the final third for it. Who's going to be the one you know offering the final third support? But you could say that Enzo could potentially do that in the left centre mid role, you know, rather than, than the ten role that um, Poch was playing him in. You could also potentially say that you know with Lavi, he's got really good incisive passing and he may not be a KDB going to be constantly you know offering threat in the final third, but all three of them do offer something you know with their passing and, and how incisive they can be. And where we do lack um, a natural ball carrier within a uh, Caicedo and, and uh, Enzo. Lavia offers that in abundance. You know, he's really press press proven. You know, he's really resistant when, when it comes to like people trying to actually like overpower him. You know, I, I was there at a game um at Stanford Bridge and he was he was running rings around us, you know, whether it be picking up the ball in the final third, you know, driving it through the middle, you know, finding passes through, through the middle of the of the park. So I think he's definitely gonna be a big addition. But you also gotta remember we've got so many young talent midfielders now that is he gonna get enough minutes, you know, to, to play to play an impactful role. You know what's the what's the impact going to be on the other midfielders? Like we've got so many guys, it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit of a mess in my opinion. So I think it's going to be but, really interesting to see how he's going to be able, how it's going to be developed because I'm not sure how it's going to work long long, long term. You know all these guys there. Do you, sorry, do you think there's, there's no? I was just going to say, do you think there's a possibility that um, there's still a plan? for a certain group of midfielders going into next season. Because I feel like, like you said, it's very, very messy, right? So, like, yeah. with these midfielders at the moment, I just don't see... Like, I get it. People are saying, like, Gallagher will be fine being a squad player if it came to it. Like, it's not that at the moment, yeah? And I'm not saying he should be. But what I'm saying is if, if they... Sometimes you have a picture in your head, right? The, as the directors or the owner or the manager or whatever but when you're signing all these players you might have a certain picture in your head as to what you want the midfield to look like and as, as much as a surprise as Gallagher has been this season I just think what that midfield looks like it, it might not involve Gallagher I, I, I actually I look at the, the players that we have the players that we've bought how much we've invested into them and I struggle sometimes to see, and even with the whole thing with Palmer and Nkunku being in the 10, like, I struggle to see how the end result includes Gallagher. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. And honestly, I, I can see it. Um, personally, I, I like Gallagher, you know, he's, he's an academy player, so I've got the affinity to him there, but he, he's the obvious one for me he's going to drop out. You know, I know a lot of people have like loved his impact. I think it's, I think it's quite overstated at times. You know, I think it's something that most of my midfielders can offer, you know, with actual on the ball quality. You know, I think every team needs that person that's going to work hard, etc. But, you know, it doesn't mean that you, they can't be technically secure. I'm not saying he's not technically secure. He's become a lot more confident, but the midfielders that we've got, he's probably at the bottom, you know, so it's not a slight on him, but it's just levels, you know, it's just levels at the top, at the top level. And, I do see what you what you mean in terms of him dropping out. Um, I'd be more interested in seeing a t- one of the t- two of the three, sorry, of Enzo Caicedo and Lavia with a Palmer in centre mid. 
I think that just makes way more mm. sense. You know, with Palmer as a right center, I don't yeah. see him as a number ten. I really don't see him as a number ten. I, like, you see the pockets and the places that he picks up the ball. You know, he's often drift. He's often picking up the ball from out wide and then drifting inwards. And I'm not saying a number ten can't do that, but I think he'd work better off. You know, without having to play so high up the pitch, he could play a bit more deeper. You know, inter interchange with the with the right wing and the right wing back, and I think that'd be really good. You know, I think you need, I think even right wing maybe that, that could work, but I'd want to see potentially Palmer in that, in that right center mid role with, with the two two of the three of Caicedo, Lavia, and Enzo. But yeah, I, I do definitely agree yeah. with you on, on what you said. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Palmer on the right. I think that's why I'm cool with Palmer on the right as well. I want someone. I'd rather have someone on the right at the moment because you know we've spoken about Madueke, we've spoken about Mudrik, but like Palmer is one of those options where you kind of know that you're going to get your quality. You know that he's going to be quite efficient with the ball and stuff like that. So if you have him right wing, you've got options in the number ten role. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. I think it will be interesting to see what happens with Avril. I definitely agree. What about you, Sam? Yeah, so I, I think um, I think it's interesting what you touched on, Babs, about the kind of final third threat in your kind of original point, because I think if you think back of our kind of midfield over the last three or four years, kind of under Tuchel, under Frank to an extent, if you said the kind of midfield, obviously, that we won the Champions League with, that kind of Jorginho, Cover, Kante midfield, even if it wasn't always a three, you'd say those three played a lot either as a as a pair or together. And I think we had that similar problem where we may be like all talented midfielders, like really talented in their own right, but you maybe had that slight yeah, problem. You're lacking it, you're lacking it in the final third. Yes, for sure. I think you definitely lack that incisiveness in the final third. And I think Enzo and Lavia, in a way, have much more final third kind of ability with their passing. Um, I was at the Chelsea-Southampton game last year, but the one at, at um, St. Mary's. And Lavia, I think he scored in it, if I'm not mistaken. He absolutely ran the game for midfield. And it wasn't even just a case of kind of, he just got the ball and like everyone was bouncing. It was just with his like passing and his incisiveness and his passing that I saw from deep, kind of that first phase passing, I think is probably, I, I don't want to say it's better than Enzo's because Enzo's in passing, like in terms of like his technical passing level is insane. But Lavia seems to, for me, have a vision from those deeper areas, which maybe I haven't seen as much from Enzo yet. Enzo's are kind of more long looped balls where I've seen Lavia kind of on the floor take out the whole midfield and the defenders with kind of one ball. Um, so I think that's something that he can bring massively to our team. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Poch works it out. So um, like Jay was talking about Gallagher, I don't think many people expected Gallagher to kind of be as important and as good as he's been. And I know a lot of people... Uh, kind of on socials etc have different opinions of Gallagher and maybe think he doesn't have to kind of do as much or impress as much to kind of get high ratings as say an Enzo or Caicedo but I just think it's about for me it's about knowing your strengths and I think Gallagher has done really well to kind of I don't know if um, Poch has helped him or whatnot, but kind of just to sit down and kind of notice what he's good at and notice maybe what he needs to improve on and just really, 
really work on it on the training ground or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think we our squad's in a okay place at the minute. I think in a weird roundabout way, the injuries haven't helped us, but it makes it a little bit easier for team selection because it's not kind of having to leave people out every single week. So it'll be really, really interesting to see what Poch does when all of these players start coming back. Because um, unfortunately, maybe the worries that a lot of us stated at the start of the year about kind of our big squad. And I think even around the Palmer signing, even though we were all very happy with it now because he's been amazing and it's like, oh, how could we have missed out on this? At the time, a lot of us were like, do we really need him? Like we have a lot of players. And so hopefully we don't kind of get into the situation we've been in the last two years where we just have too many players, man, like too many players to fit into 11 positions on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, personally, I'm excited to see how Poch does it. And I think he's kind of shown that he is a good man manager at the minute and he can hopefully get these guys kind of sold on his ideas and sold on him kind of with his rotation. Because um, I think we're going to have to rotate if everyone wants to get fair game time, especially with these younger players. Um, so another player that has just just come back. Uh, so that he played one game, uh, full 90, I think, in the Cup. And then he hasn't really featured since. But another young player that we're all very excited about is Badia Shile. Um I still don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I, I think I am, but here we are. Um, yeah, so I know a lot of us are really fond of of uh, Benoit. That's easier. Um, so... We saw him start, I think it was 90 minutes against, oh, my mind's gone blank, Who did, Wimbledon was it? Yeah, Wimbledon we played in the cup. So I think it was, oh no, it was Blackburn, sorry. Blackburn, he got 90 minutes and then we haven't really seen him since. Um, so do we think there's anything to look deeper into that? Because I know there's been some rumours this week linking him to kind of some Serie A teams. I know Roma were spoken about and then obviously some more stories came today that say Chelsea have no, like, no thoughts of selling him. That's not going to happen. He's going to be at Chelsea. He wants to stay at Chelsea for a long time. So um start with you, Jay. So when do you think we might see Badia Shile start? And is he kind of in your starting centre-backs? Like, is he one of your favourites? Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, He is one of my favourites. But like, obviously I have, like, thing is I like Colwell a lot as well, isn't it? So, um, I hear you. That's 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 a little bit of a conflicting interest for me, but <laughs> I think um, Benoit really and truly he should be in our starting in our, in our starting line, Agreed. in our starting back line. Like in terms totally of in, ter- in terms of the centre back partnership, I, I don't think there should be an issue with him being being able to play at the back um, in the future with somebody like Levi Colwell. But yes, but obviously we all know the Sassy has been ever present this season. Um, and obviously he's right centre-back. You've still got Wes, who posted a pic of himself training the other day. Um, I think, obviously, I think a lot of people have kind of written him off to come back and come back fit and healthy. I feel like they just assume that he's going to get injured again. But if that's not the case, we've got two right centre-backs there already. So um, I, I'm, I'm hoping we see Benoit soon. I think they're just, I'm, I'm hoping it's a thing where we, they've just taken their time with Benoit, like in terms of where he's had surgery and goes back to what Babs was saying about um <laughs> I right, let me just fix something, I'll be back in one minute. 
But yeah, but sorry there, about that. They, they were saying that Optimus Prime, Prime right there. <laughs> but, but no, to, to pick up from what, what Jay was saying, I, I can definitely see what he means in terms of, you know, the complex and then him bringing in. In my opinion, I think he's our best centre-back, you know, on, on, on the balance of things. And I think, totally it's important that he, I think it's important that he comes in straight away. Um, I think in terms of, like, our strongest two, as, like, a back, in terms of a back four, I'd probably go either him and Cole or him and Fafano. Just because it offers a bit more of a balance in terms of like having a lefty and a righty and someone that's more front footed and someone that's able to, you know, sit off at a sit off an attacker and read things and someone that's more aggressive in the box. Um, I'm, I'm a bit, a bit surprised in the fact that he's not played as much, you know, because I do think some of the games we played, he's, he, there's been enough opportunity for him to have a cameo here and there to really push him. And the fact that he's already had a 90 minutes, you know, against Blackburn, it kind of makes you think, okay, yeah, he must be match fit. You, know, you look at the Spurs game, you know, he could have come, come on then. City the game, the City game was a bit more different in the fact that it was quite chaotic. But I definitely think um, I do want to see him back as soon as possible. Just because I don't want to be seeing all these rumours about him like, potentially moving on You know, when he's, when he's as talented as he is. So I think it's going to be definitely an interesting pr- pr- prospect you know, in terms of how he's going to come in and how we're actually going to be able to like, do things in the balance. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with... Um what you and Jay said and um yeah obviously Jay's had to leave unfortunately he's had some technical issues but thank you for your time um yeah so the thing with Badia Shile for me which I love is I think if you look at kind of all of our centre-backs I would say a lot of them or all of them have kind of key strengths in key areas so you kind of look at Colwell for his passing you've got Tassassi with his kind of aerial threat and then you've got Fafana with his kind of 1v1 defending and his kind of He's just obviously he's our most probably athletic centre back, and I think Badia Shile is like a really good mix of all of them. So maybe he's not as good as passing at Colwell. He's not as good in the air as Tassassi. Um, he's not as good one v one as Fafana, but he's kind of he's he's better one v one than Colwell. Um, he's better one v one than Tassassi. He's a better passer um, than Tassassi for me. Even though I really like Tassassi's passing, um, and then he's better airily than. Um, Colwell etc for me so I think he has all of it kind of merged into one um whereas other ones are maybe have like a key strength in a key area and then maybe lack slightly in other things due to age and whatnot whereas I think for me every time I watch Badi Ashila he just looks class and since the first minute I saw him at Chelsea since the 90 minutes we've just seen him now every game I haven't really I mean he's probably made mistakes um but he's filled me with the most confidence he gives me that thought of like kind of the old school centre-backs that Chelsea have had um during our time supporting them with he fills me with confidence in the back maybe a little more than the other ones do at the minute so I'd love to see him back and yeah I'm not sure why we haven't seen him as much maybe it's just precaution not not putting him straight back in but it's kind of weird that he would play 90 minutes on his first week back or whatever it was, and then just not ever come again. And I think what I touched on earlier about having a large squad, I do think centre-back is maybe the most kind of problematic area for that. We have like five centre-backs that are all decent. And I mean, everyone has their favourites and whatnot, but as good as Poch has shown his man management, it's so difficult with centre-backs because you want more than two in case one gets injured. But then also with centre-backs, 
I think most people like to see a real pairing kind of go through the season and it kind of can fill you with a lot more confidence when you know these players have played together a lot and whatnot. So, yeah, it will just be another thing that'll be interesting to see how we go forward. And Badiashi, they might be slightly suffering from the fact we're doing quite well now and maybe Poch doesn't want to just kind of completely throw that up and change it all up. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. So the next thing I want to get into uh, before we have some listeners' questions is I'm not going to touch on, obviously, the Man City game because they done that the, last week and there's no point. It seems like ages ago now that Chelsea played. We're going to touch on the Newcastle game, which is Saturday at three o'clock, um, which I'm going to have to miss half of it because my boy decided to have his birthday like a selfish prick. But here we are. Um, yeah, so we got Newcastle Saturday at three o'clock. And they have, I don't know what the, I think I saw this morning, they have like 11 or 12 injuries. So they have, I mean, a lot of players out. Uh, welcome to the club. They kind of maybe look like they're in the situation that we were in, maybe like at the start of the year, where so many of their players are out. Um, uh, I don't have a list of actually the players that are out, but let me see if I can just get one quick. But yeah, so it looks like for Chelsea, Bruno G, I don't think, can play. Uh, Fabian Scher. Isaac's just returning, so maybe he's not going to play. Uh, Almiron, Wilson, uh, Trippier. Lewis Hall can't play because we're his team. Uh, yeah, so it looks like they are going to be kind of bare bones. So what do you think about that? And do you think that stands us in better stead? Or do you think that is could be a a bit annoying for us because we don't like to play against these in these sort of games where we're the favourites. Uh, yeah, over to you. Um, to be honest, with you, I think it, it kind of depends, you know. It's that whole saying, you know, about a wounded animal, you know, that's when they're most dangerous because when there's when there's low expectations, nobody expects much, you know. You kind of doubt them and from then, that's when they come quite, in a way, surprise you. But you look at the team and... Newcastle, you know, they were their main threat has come, you know, with their two strikers out wide, especially with their full backs. And then also, you know, having um, a Harvey Barnes type, you know, off the bench occasionally and having all those players out injured with only, with only having to worry potentially about Anthony Gordon, you know, against the Reese James. I don't think there should be any excuses but three points. Um, I think even with a full team, even with a full fit team, I still don't think there should be any excuses. I don't think they've been impressive this season so far. Which obviously sounds crazy because they're above us, but even still, like we should be beating them. There shouldn't mm. be any excuses, you know. I know obviously we, we tend to struggle, you know, coming off international breaks as a team. You know, I can't remember the last time we actually won a game post international break, but in my opinion, I think we should definitely go be going into this game full, full of confidence. You know, we've beaten Spurs, we've had a good game against City. You know, we, we obviously won the game beforehand against Blackburn, so I'm actually scoring goals, you know. If you, if you look if you look at our last couple of games, so I don't think there should be any excuses for us to go into this game and, and not be confident. You know what? We scored what 10 goals in our last three games. I don't remember the last time we did anything of this similar. So I think we should really be carrying on this sort of form and really taking the game to Newcastle because I, I highly doubt Newcastle could be the type of team that are gonna sit off us and let us play. And even um last season, from 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 memory, I know obviously we, we played that really weird team. I spoke with some friends um, who watched the second game you know, at the end of the season and I was told that we pretty much bossed them, you know, and 
obviously I know it's last season, but that's the last you know real experience of playing them in actual ninety minute competitive game outside of the the preseason. So we've got enough quality to beat them. We've got enough quality to you know out 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 um outdo them in, in the midfield. So I really don't see any excuse for why we should be getting anything less than three points personally. No, yeah, I completely agree. There's absolutely no excuses, um, especially with all those injuries. For me, I don't want to look at it like an excuse. And I know what you said about the wounded animal, but realistically, they've got like so many of their best players out. So we shouldn't really look for any excuses. And I think we can go like, we can like match up with them PMP wise. I think our midfield can dominate theirs because we have we have the PMP in there with Gallagher and um Kaiseido. But we also have the technical ability that they're probably gonna lack if Bruno G especially doesn't make it. I mean, I don't even know what their midfield's gonna look like. Probably just like Gaz from Geordie Shaw, Scotty T, who knows, man. So we'll just have to see how that game goes. I've kind of tried <laughs> over the last two years doing these pods and kind of trying to predict results and how we do is a futile game, man. Like none of us, <laughs> Chelsea are just such a weird, weird team right now. And it's so hard. Like every game we should win, we end up losing. And then games we're like, oh crap, this could be hard. We end up doing well in, and it's just a weird place to be right now. And hopefully we're coming out the end of that because there should be no excuse, no excuses. We're losing to Newcastle, man. And, there's this one guy on Twitter, man, I keep seeing, I think he's on some other podcast with some people from TikTok or something, and he's like a Newcastle fan. And you probably, you two probably saw the clip going around about how like Chelsea fans need to be humble. And I just, oh, man, I shouldn't get so worked up, but that shit winds me up. Like, how, how are Newcastle fans trying to chat to us? How have we got in this position where Newcastle fans think they can start chirping up at us and getting Larry? I don't understand it. They finished above us once in how many years? And it's just, it's it's really annoying. And I hate that we're in this position. So I have a new found hate of Newcastle. Um, and I always used to <clears throat> not like them, but i got two boys who support Sunderland and obviously Newcastle-Sunderland rivalry. So as you do, used to just kind of hype them up as a joke. But I've got a new found hate of them. I really hope we beat. And we might have Jay back. Um, so Jay, have you got any thoughts on the Newcastle game? Yeah, I think we should win that game, you know, to be honest with you. Facts. Firstly, am I clear? Can you hear me? Yes, much better, brother. Much better. All right, cool. Now that's cool. Um, Yeah, to be honest, I think we should beat Newcastle because, like, I think they've got a ton of injuries. I don't think they've got... Yeah, I went through them just before you came back. Like, yeah. touch on them again, but it's like Bruno G. I think Isaac's just coming back. Uh, Cher's out. Wilson's out. So, yeah, Trippier's out, I think. So... Yeah, like all their kind of star players. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and the thing is, if we're going to go blow for blow, which could possibly be the case, depending <laughs> depending, depending on like if, um, what's his name? Depending on if Enzo is maybe fit enough to start, because I'm not sure if we're going to have the, the free in midfield this game. Like I said last week on the, on the pod that um, I, I could see us going with a more attacking formation and a more, attack, a, a more attacking lineup which would see kind of like Palmer in the in the 10 role, maybe. And then just playing with maybe Gallagher and Caicedo as the midfielders. Um, not not on a disrespectful thing, but like just because, like I said, Enzo's going to be coming back kind of late. Oh yeah, um, and I'm hearing that Brazil-Argentina game was, uh, was an absolute yeah. madness. I see him yeah. fighting in the 
fucking in the stands. <laughs> exactly. And Joe, Joe Linton was at that. I think he was playing for Brazil that game as well. So, yeah, I see a clip of him just getting booted by the Argentinian players. Yeah, bro. So it was crazy. And and this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I think in terms of the guys that we've got fit, we've, I think we've got a good amount of our first 11 or our possible first 11 on Saturday. That yeah, I don't think anyone is injured apart from the ones we know, like Nkunku and Lavi. I don't, is anyone else out? I don't, I don't think so. Nah, not apart from the like the long term ones that we know about, like your words for Farners and that. But yeah, I think, I, I think, um, yeah, like I said, I feel like we should go, we should be going into that game fresh. So if I see us go into that game and we're looking lethargic and we start slow, that's where I'm going to be like really, really disappointed because I just don't see an excuse for that kind of approach to that to that game and and Shems has touched on this before as well like this these kind of games against Newcastle against Brighton against United these are teams that are like just above us but like in touching distance of like you know going above them as well so it's like 100 I don't like th- there's enough motivation there to go into that game kind of like full throttle do you know what I'm saying and and try and like rattle them early doors maybe get an early goal and then go from there it could be a thing where it's similar to City, where you know, because I because I think Newcastle have been one of the more attacking teams this season. They've scored like I think they've either scored the most goals or the second most goals in the league. Yeah, it's heavily, heavily propped up by beating was it nine nil Sheffield United? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. See, that's why I like you, Sam, man. <laughs> Good points, bro. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I still think it will be kind of like a, it will be a bit of a a mad game. Because I'm, I can't see Newcastle sitting back and just letting us kind of dictate what's going on. Unless they feel that, you know, unless Eddie Howe feels like he can beat us like that, which he probably has done before with Bournemouth in the past, to be honest with you, like sitting back and trying to get us on the counter with Wilson. And was, was he the manager when they done us under Sarri? Like, yeah, bro, um, it was always Wilson. Remember uh, Wilson, Josh King, them guys? Oh, yeah, bro. Josh King. Yeah, Eddie Howe's a bit of a techie one. I'm not going to lie to you, but... Yeah, hopefully he hasn't seen other teams like Brentford and that sit back and... <laughs> hopefully he ain't yeah. been watching, man. Yeah, but, but the good thing is that we are firing now. We, we're, we're, we're getting goals and I think that's where the difference will be as well. Like, we're not just attacking um, and getting into areas and then making poor decisions. We're now, thankfully, to, to Palmer and even the other players like Sterling and that, they can be inconsistent at times, but... Like with Sterling, this is part of his game in it. But when Sterling's on it, do you know what I mean? He could give whoever's at right back a rough day. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I just expect some more from the boys from carrying on from City, really, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And as you touched on at the start of that point, like the Newcastles, Brightons, Uniteds, and I don't want to be that guy and I don't want to sound arrogant, but from watching us this season, we look better than them. I know we haven't got the results. I know we're below them in the table, but... Just from like a pure eye test, we look better than them. We look more in control. All the underlying stats are in our favour. So we just really need to start actually beating these teams and, I mean, putting together results and going on a run. And I remember actually at the start of this run, I think I'd done the pod just before the Arsenal game. And I said, listen, I really think we're going to surprise a few teams in this run. We're going to do well. And I think that's actually come true if I do say so myself. This run has seen probably our best football of the season. We went toe-to-toe with the best team in the world. Um, Should have beat Arsenal. Absolutely bodied Spurs. The Brentford game's a blip, and obviously that one's a bit annoying, but 
I mean, this is Chelsea of the last two, three years. We know what we're like. We're probably going to go and beat Newcastle. And then I think Everton's our next game. Probably lose to um, Sean Dyche's Everton. Or as Saliba says, uh, the Arsenal defender, Philippe Senderos's Everton. Um, I don't know if you saw that video. But yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be an interesting game. I think this is the perfect kind of game to see where Chelsea are at now because unfortunately like I've already touched on we are unfortunately getting brought into rivalries with the Newcastles and that now because of how well, bad we done last season and obviously are not so good start this year this year but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting and hopefully we can come away with a victory Saturday 3 p.m no one will actually people probably will be watching because I don't think there's any other good games on at that time but we'll see We'll see how it goes. And yeah, I mean, before I get onto some listeners' questions, is there anything else either of you wanted to touch on to do with the Newcastle game or just in general with Chelsea over the week? Good to go here. Good to go. Okay, so I will start with some questions from our Discord listeners. As um, yeah, I didn't touch on it at the start, but obviously Chessie runs a Discord. Um, well, that Chessie doesn't run it. Touchline runs it, and if anyone wants to join, then feel free. It's very. Um, I don't know if I have a word to describe the Discord, but let's just say it is unique with an eclectic group of people. I think I can't sell it any better than that. Um, and. I know a lot of you are big fans of Discord Lives and I mean there's some talk that we're maybe going to try and get those back in the works so please just come and show your support we appreciate it so much. Uh, so the first question is from Tiz and beware this is a very loaded question <laughs> it's very obvious what he's trying to say but let's go. So he says why is there no expectations for certain players cough cough on the ball in regards to good performance? Uh, I will pass that over to you Babs. Um, I think similar to what you said, every player has their own strengths. So I think people obviously weigh way heavy on them and they kind of weigh things in a different way, you know, based on what they actually appreciate as a footballer. You know, so I, I guess there's that. Um, I think also is the whole thing of like, you know, you're not going to expect, you know, you're not going to expect for a Cucurella to burst down the wing and whip in the cross, you know, because that's not really his, his game. So when you do have these expectations on players, you know, as a Chelsea fan, yeah, they may be high, but you kind of got to temper them to be realistic to the actual players that you've got on the team, if that makes sense. So with a Gallagher, you're not going to expect to like, you know, control the tempo of a game, you know, play a bit more like an Enzo. You know, even for an Enzo, you're not going to expect to play like a, to play like a Gallagher, you know, running around the pitch, you know, sniffing out loose balls, you know, pressing guys off the park. So it's like I said earlier, everybody has their own strengths. And I think people have their biases to what they appreciate as well. So I, think it, I just think there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, as, as a fan in general. Yeah, no, totally agree. Like, Jay, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I think players are different. I, I guess with Chelsea, the thing is, if you look at the way we play as well, and, and you know, we do hold a lot of the ball in that, people, are, I'm not surprised that people are going to want more from Gallagher on the ball. Like, I'll be honest. I can't, I'm, like, that, that's the level in it. That's, that's what comes with playing with the top teams, especially when you start to dominate the ball you are going to have to show that you can improve in that area and, and get better. And Gallagher is getting better. That's that. That's what I will say to that kind of question is, like, it's all well and good saying he's not, he's, he's like, it's all well and good saying that he started off not being so great on the ball and that. And, you know, from what you've seen in the past, it's been poor at times. But you also have to acknowledge when a player is, like, getting better and developing and, and 
you know, he still might not be to the level that you like him to be, and you might prefer other players in the squad, which is fine. But you do have to kind of take certain players as they come in, in a way. So, yeah, and you have to appreciate what they do to their strengths as well, like in terms of Gallagher adds a lot off the ball, and that's just the reality of it at the moment. Yeah, no, I totally agree with both of you. I think, like both of you said, players have their own strengths. And I think when we talk about expectations for certain players in regards to a good performance, I think a lot of that comes down to, I mean, this question is very clearly Gallagher and Enzo related. So I'm just going to blatantly say him. So with Enzo, you expect him to kind of make line breaking passes, control the like, kind of game from the middle. And with Gallagher, you expect him to break up all the play and kind of maybe be a bit of a danger in the final third. So when you're kind of judging both their performances, I think that's, kind of the base of the metric you're judging on is like is Enzo doing what he's supposed to do and is Gallagher doing what he's supposed to do so I don't think it kind of all is as simple as what constitutes a good performance it's is the player you've put in a team for a specific reason doing what they can and I think it's completely fair and I mean earlier on in the season I got absolutely slammed all over Twitter um, for a tweet saying I think Gallagher has been kind of more impressive than Enzo this season and I think that just boils down to what I said there. It's, in my opinion, I do think Gallagher is doing his role a little bit better than Enzo. Does that mean he's a better footballer? No, and I never said that. But I think that's kind of the the base the base of it, really. And I think that's probably how a lot of people view it. Not that I can speak for everyone, but I imagine so. Uh, okay, so the next question from our Discord is from Josh B, our resident PNP lover and Zakaria Stan. Um, so he said, "What is the lowest acceptable league finish for the Chelsea side this season?" Uh, Jay, um, I think I started off by saying in the season that, like, initially I thought we could we could challenge for top four, but I think the way we started in terms of our squad, like the players that we missed early on. I think, and a couple of things that Poch did as a manager, like in terms of the experiments that he was trying due to the injuries as well. I think I think that's kind of hint, like it's made it look a little bit like a silly prediction. But now I would say anything between anything between fifth and seventh, I wouldn't be shocked at, if I'm being honest. Like in terms of as long as the progression of the team, like if we're seeing things like City, um, Liverpool, Arsenal performances throughout, and we're getting better in the final third and things like that. I can I can stomach finishing, you know, fifth anything between fifth and seventh. Anything after that, I'd be a bit disappointed because we have spent a lot of money, we have brought a lot of players in. But at the same time, the more players you bring in, the bigger the job is in terms of you know getting them gelled and and getting them playing the way you want them to play. So, but city, but like I said, things like city games, like city games, like. Um, not so much Spurs, but games like Arsenal, Liverpool, those are promising signs. And if you can see that more and more consistently towards the end of the season, but you still finish in a kind of in a position where you're not really that pleased, um, I think you can kind of take that into the next season and then hopefully you, you finish much higher. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Babs, what about yourself? What's the lowest acceptable finish for Chelsea? I'm going to ask Jay, so what, what is your lowest um, acceptable position then to finish? How do you get some, uh, some what is your lowest, lowest accepted position? Lowest accepted? Uh, for me, personally, probably six. Six, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, six. But yeah, no, I echo a lot of what Jay says, you know. 
And then they, these are these are a group of players that haven't played with each other, you know. You know, you've got a couple of players like a Desassian Badishili who played together at Monaco, but outside of that, a fair few of these players haven't actually played together, you know, and when you actually look at it, a lot of these combinations are very, very new. Would be like an Enzo and a Caicedo, you know, a Cucurella and a Mudric, you know, let's so even though they played a couple of games last season, but it's still a new combination, you know, a, a Palmer and a Reese James, you know, Sanchez and his centre backs, you know, as you as we all know, playing football in real life, when you play with a new goalkeeper, it's always a bit different. You know, some keepers are, you know, big, big on communication in terms of claiming balls. Some guys will just run out and actually obliterate whoever's in their path to get their ball. So everybody's playing with each other, you know, and everything's going to be new. So it's going to be a lot of exciting moments. It's going to be a lot of worrying moments. It's going to be a lot of annoying moments. So in terms of expectations, going to the season, I was quite tempered, you know, so for me, I was, I was expecting anything from, from top four to eight. Just because, yeah, there's talent in the squad, but as I said before, they haven't played with each other. But, you know, given what Poch has said, you know, coming to the season, you know, we are Chelsea, there's still expectations. You know, for me, I've still got high expectations. So for me, I think we should definitely be finishing top five. I don't see why we shouldn't do that. Um, we don't, we only play once a week. You know, you look at the teams above us, you know, outside of what Aston Villa, I'm not sure any of the teams are significantly better than us. And between us and Man United, is what, five points? That could be done in, in two game weeks. You know, then w- once you've got those five points closed, you know, look at um, that's nine points. We saw Aston Villa last season, what they did, you know, to get Europe. The way they were the third best team in terms of record, you know, in terms of form under Emery. So I don't see why we can't do similar in the second half of the season. It should be the expectation. You know, it's Chelsea at the end of the day. And if Poch is, you know, coming in with this big talk, which I agree with, I think we should definitely be back in it. And I don't see why we shouldn't really be expecting a lot from the team because we didn't start amazingly you know the season where we had those games where we could have potentially had a good lead so I think now is now is a time where you have to actually win these games where you're quote unquote not expected to win and really push it's like you said Simon in the next couple of games we're playing Man United we're playing Brighton you know we're playing Newcastle those are three teams that are above us you know out of the five so I don't see why we shouldn't be trying to actually really make a push because you beat those you beat those teams. It's a six pointer. You go above the teams. You get close to the top four, top five, based on the depending the, co- on the coefficient. And yeah, th- these are the expectations you know at Chelsea, and these are the expectations you have talented players and a manager who's obviously done it in the Premier League before. So for me, the minimum expectation should be top five if that's Champions League and top four if not, because outside of City, Liverpool, and Arsenal, none of the teams are better than us. You know, in terms of whether it be squad quality, manager quality. You know, player quality, individual player quality. So I think we should definitely be finishing top five minimum. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. I'd even push it a bit further and say fourth. And I think that's more just based on the other teams around that area. I think they haven't shown that they're kind of any better than us or look any better than us. So I'd say fourth for me, but I mean, I know that's kind of unrealistic. But in terms of what I think is acceptable, it's fourth for me, like regardless of if they're young. It's definitely acceptable. It's definitely um, it's definitely realistic. You know, Spurs only ten points above us. At point in time, wasn't it seventeen points? You know, yeah, exactly. So and like you said, if we got we got United, season. beat them, beat Brighton, beat Newcastle, then if I think if we win all three of those games, we'll probably be like around there anyway. To be honest, we'll probably yeah. the, thing is, the thing is, a lot of these teams as well, they're capable of having like a a bad second half, and Chelsea could go on to have a good second half of the season, and then. A lot of yeah. things swing. They like it's a it's a massive swing when that happens because, you know, like we had to deal with a lot of the injuries at the beginning. We 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 missed out on obviously having Nkunku here, who yeah. 
who obviously, I'm not saying we knew exactly what he was going to do, but he was a big part of what we was going to do to begin with. Reese James has always been a big part of us starting well or playing well. And and th- those were the two players that were missing for long periods at the beginning. So like if they, if the second half of the season is including them in the squad and them playing games and regularly playing games, there's no reason why Chelsea all of a sudden don't go on to, like Bab said, like you, you could easily go on, beat these teams and all of a sudden confidence is high and yeah, you, you just go from there really. Yeah, but then again, on the flip side as well, you know, you see that this team can behave. So, yeah, we, we can with these teams, but it's like they say, man, shit can get worse, you know? So, boy, let's let's, let's see. Let's yeah. see. But As we've seen for the last two, three years. Expectation-wise, I need to see top four, top five, minimum. I need you know, Champions I know League. I'm not saying eighth, but I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, but we've got, the, we've got the manager. We've got the players. Players are come back from fitness, you know? All of our fans are extremely confident in the quality of the players, so... It sounds back up on the pitch now. It's really, really sounds back on the pitch and for these players to grow on the pitch together. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So, um, another question from Discord from Prash or I Hate Cricket as his name. I mean, I felt a bit sorry for him, to be honest. Discord was looking like Bangladesh after India's loss with the amount of celebrating. And I know no one cares about cricket like that apart from like four people. So, yeah, that, that, that must have been fun for him. So, he says... We have four actual wins and three moral victories so far. Arsenal, Liverpool, City. End of season, how many actual victories do you reckon we need to get Champions League football? Um, I'll start with this one. I'll be honest, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone else know? I, I, I don't really know. I kind of know maybe points-wise, but I don't know the amount of wins kind of it would be expected to get Champions League. I don't know if either of you have any more information on that listen 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 i don't know i don't care just go get it yeah <laughs> pretty much man like, i don't know the number i think it's going to be different every year i think probably like 25 I... maybe 26 20 yeah i don't know what as in games to win yeah like how many games do we have how many actual victories do you reckon we need to get champions league football we we need about I reckon we need something in between sixty and seventy points. If you're I talking, say, I say, I say, I say, eighteen wins, eighteen yeah, wins. Because yeah, you know, the last couple of seasons, it's always been like the eighteen, nineteen wins at the most, twenty-two wins. So I don't see yeah, half you know, your games. Exactly. Half yeah, games, yeah. yeah. I, 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 think I, eight, I think anything between eighteen and twenty-two, you should be getting to, to get Champions okay. League. I reckon, and I reckon because obviously the fifth place is there now, so it may potentially even be lower. Yeah, because that that drop off between fourth and fifth sometimes it can be quite a big swing in terms of that. Sometimes sometimes it can be like ten points. Oh so. yeah, because it's fifth now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah there you go, Prash. They know better than me. <clears throat> I overshot it. I thought it's twenty six or something, but clearly You're trying not. To win the, that's winning the league, bruv. Maybe that's just what I'm used to. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's just go over to some quick questions from Twitter whilst we've still got a little bit of time. Um, so first question from Alexis uh, Kafkas. Obviously a dedicated listener, so thanks for that. So he says, uh, Baddy and Colwell is his preferred pairing in the long term. Silver is needed now, but he will be phased out due to age. Uh, can two lefties work? If not, why not? Uh, I think they can. Um, I don't know what these boys think, but I'll kind of give it over to them. Uh, can two lefties work? And if, if you don't think they can, why can't they? Uh, I'll start with you, Jay. 
Yeah, I'll go quickly because that's what my laptop's about to die. But <laughs> but yeah, um, nah, I think they can, um, 100%. I think they're comfortable on the ball, comfortable enough, like... Um, oh, I think it died. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I'll carry on, I'll carry yeah, on. Yeah, I think they can definitely work. They're comfortable enough on the ball. They're professional footballs at the end of the day. Listen, man, you might not earn enough money not to get Brexit, but go, go out and play. Just, just go out and play. You know, don't don't disgrace yourselves. You're quality players. You're talented players. There's no reason why you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Um, like everyone says, two right footers play together all the time. Why can't two left footers? I mean, it's. I don't even think it's a point until we see it. There's nothing to do with what foot someone is. Like, just if they can play, they can play. Do you know what I mean? We'll have to see. Uh, so next question from Wizard Shy. Uh, why the fans feel the urge to crash it down and have undercooked, uncomfortable conversations on players, especially on players that aren't even playing, i.e. Madweke? What are their problems? Um, I feel quite strongly about this one. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go, away, go I think, ahead. I think that there's this new thing, you know, on social media where everybody wants to be first. Everybody yeah. wants to be first to say, I rate this player. Everybody wants to be the first to say this player is not as good as everybody thinks. Everybody just wants to be first. I think that's a big problem. You know, everybody wants to be first to post a highlight clip of a player to show why they're so good. You know, a, a, a tactical piece about why this player fits to Chelsea and why this player doesn't fit to Chelsea. Whereas, I mean, sometimes you've got, you've got to have a bit of patience, you know. And I've seen a lot of it with the, with the Mahal Madueke thing, you know, about some people think he's not good enough, some people think he's amazing. But you just got to wait and see, you know. At the end of the day, it's the manager's decision, you know. We may not see him, you know, work here, but it may be another of KDB or, or Salah's um, um, situation whereby he goes off to plays elsewhere and performs. Um, you know, and Mudrick, I've seen him get a lot of impulses from fans. And quite similarly, he may go off somewhere else and he may perform. So I think a lot of it is about patience. You know, I think a lot of it is also about that whole social media phenom about everybody wants to be first and everybody wants to be right and have the last laugh. You know, you see people do that whole thing of, you know, they'll have a take a couple months ago, but the first thing they want to go do is, you know, Quote you in Twitter, see, 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 guys, I, I told you. And yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with football. And I think a lot of them are to do with social media. So yeah, I think, in my opinion, that's like the main problem anyway. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear you. I just think, I don't think it will change, unfortunately. I just think it's, like you said, social media. It's a social media generation. It's everyone wants to be first, everyone wants to say something. <clears throat> and they know that if they say something just kind of beige and vanilla, like a normal opinion, they won't get the kind of reaction that they want. Um, and a lot of people are feeling for that attention. So, yeah, I don't know what their problems are, but I mean, it's just, they're probably all like, did you not see that video of the, uh, the United kid the other day? And everyone was like, this the is... Guy was like, the, guy was like, the guy's like 14. Yeah, A lot of these accounts behind, you know, footballers' pictures and random people's pictures, most of them are just kids. And yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I don't really spend any time arguing with random people. The only people I argue right. with on Twitter is people I know from, like, obviously the Touchline community because they're adults. And, I mean, I, I, I won't lie, I like a bit of arguing sometimes, kind of fun, passes the time on my breaks or when I'm trying to procrastinate from work. But, yeah, I don't I don't know what, what um, the issue with certain people and kind of wanting to be first and all that is. But, yeah, so the we've got two more questions quickly. Um not not too long ones, so should be calm. Uh, so if uh, Ids, I hope I'm saying that name right, I D Z S Z Z, or 
Yeah. Uh, if you could pick one player from any of our title winning teams to add to this team, who would it be and why? Mine is Czech 0405, as I don't rate Sanchez one bit, never have, never will. Uh, yeah. So what about you? Who are you adding from me? I guess either our 04 to 06 teams, our 2010 team or the Mourinho or Conte team. Who are you adding? I can't like, I know is, why. Is this, is, this, is this question saying from that specific team and their performance from that team? Or are they saying... I think it just says if you could pick one player. So I don't, I don't think it's specific to that. Oh, mm. he did then say mine is Czech 0405. You see, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he is. Personally, I know, the, I know the obvious option is Hazard. You know, I know that's what you're, you're going to probably go with. But for me, it's, it's 0910 Drogba. Yeah, that's see, those those were the two. Those were the that's two. That's one of the best individual seasons I've, I've seen from a player. Yeah. You know, it's one of the most memorable things I've seen, you know, in terms of like just pure dominance, you know, going forward. So I think for me, it would, it would definitely be him just because we, we missed that consistent strike. And I, I think, yeah, Drop I don't like doing the whole. Would be stupid. I, I don't I do the whole like nostalgia thing like, oh, I know, centre backs of, of yesterday, yesterday were, were way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, centre backs of today are, aren't as good. But I, I do genuinely believe that centre backs today, they may be technically better, you know, on the ball. But in terms of the physical, like, Things they get into, you know, with, with attackers, especially, mm-hmm. I don't think it's anywhere near as close. I don't, I don't see a centre back going to be able to handle Drogba physically. I know some people are going to yeah. try and run Van Dyke, but I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I've seen, I've seen Giroud handling physically. You know, I mean, Jackson I, handled the first game of the season. I'm, I'm not trying to hear it. So for me, I'd probably go Drogba. We're talking overall Chelsea players. I think the obvious one is going to be Hazard. You know, I think, I, I think you'd be crazy not not to pick him personally. Yeah, so I think Hazard 14-15 is a great. 14-15, you reckon? I, to be honest, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think <clears throat> he was amazing in most of our title. In both titles he won, he was amazing. So, I mean, take your pick. Uh, like, yeah, it, it doesn't. But then we do have Sterling out there, who's pretty good, probably better than Jackson. So then you could argue that you'd want to replace Jackson more. I think another shout would maybe be like Ashley Cole from 09010, because I think left back is obviously a bit of a. Bit of a dodgy position for us, probably our weakest position in the team, even though Kukure has done pretty well. I think Cole, I do think Czech 0405 is a good shout as well, but goalies are goalies at the end of the day. And yeah, Sanchez is he's been all right, uh, but yeah, good question. Good question. I think, I think what makes that one the most difficult is most of the players from our title winning season arguably might be better than the players we have now, so you could you could argue a lot of them, but I think, yeah, the Drogba, even Lampard 0910 was brilliant, so. But our midfield's pretty good anyway. So, yeah. Drogba, Hazard, Cole, check. Take your pick. SCN. SCN, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kante from that one year where we won the league. Conte, that was pretty insane. Uh, Yeah, so final question before we head off. So, this one is from Newman. Newman. Uh, What's our long-term thinking for the goalkeeper situation? Uh, For me... I don't think Sanchez is like the best of the best, but I'm willing. I think, Bab, you've said it before. Like he has all the fundamentals to be a brilliant goalie. Like he's he's good with the ball at his feet. He's a good shot stopper, like when he wants to be. But he just has this weird, like I know I don't really love to say it, but he has the bozo gene, like to an extreme level. Like every game, he'll boot the ball off the pitch at least like three times. Some of his positioning when he's kind of defending, uh, trying to save one on one, is a bit dodgy for me so 
in terms of long-term thinking, I'm giving it to the end of the season, seeing what Sanchez is saying. Listen, in before we got rid of Courtois, our history kind of from the Roman era was Czech, Courtois. Even before Czech, it was Kudicini, who was class. We've always had good goalies and like just kind of point differentiators, goalies who make give you points. We haven't had that probably since Courtois. So, yeah, do you have any kind of thoughts on the long-term situation with our goalie? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Sanchez, he's still a young keeper. You know, keepers don't really tend to bloom, you know, until they get to those ages. But I guess you could also say, you know, <laughs> a Petr Cech, he was in our first um, title winning season. How old was he? What, 23? And he's just, so that's obviously yeah. younger than, than Sanchez now. But I guess he was just a freak of, of a goalkeeper. So, it's a bit best of a ever, comparison. Best I've ever seen. Agreed. Agree. I don't know if people rate Alisson higher, but for me, it's, it's still Czech. Crazy. Like, That's I, the recency bias. They, they weren't around. No, no, I, I can see why they say it's um, Alisson, you know, in terms of like, the, the distribution, especially um, him coming off his line. But I just shot him. I've just never seen anything like like, like Petr Czech other than Neuer at a push. So yeah. I guess in terms of the goalkeeper situation, not to divert from the question, I think it's going to be a thing we're going to have to wait and see. Um He's definitely got a bit of a bones regime, but even within that, he still makes really good saves. Like it's been a couple of games that even against C- even against City, we could have gone three one when Harlem was was put through. We could have gone two two when Harlem was put through a goal by Bernardo Silva. He made a really good save. Yes, so he's definitely got yeah. good raw, raw attributes. He's tall. He claims the ball. He's got really good passing at times. Keyword at times, but <laughs> I think a lot of it is going to be waiting to see because I don't know. I'm not a goalkeeper expert, so I don't really know to judge goalkeepers as it is anyway. So. We'll yeah, I'm, team sort that out. yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the only thing I can speak about goalies is, is like a feeling they give me. Like, yeah, it's he's, a confidence thing. Yeah, he still doesn't fill me with that, like, oh, he's going to save this or he's not going to be an idiot at this moment in time. He doesn't fill me with that yet. But, I mean, he could, like, he's he's been fine. Uh, he just needs to stop booting the ball off the pitch for random reasons. But, yeah, his claiming from crosses, obviously having Kepa for all those years him just like jumping out and actually catching across is is such a big thing um i think we had obviously courtois who's like one of the best ever at that maybe the best ever what i've seen in terms of just claiming the ball from corners um yeah so with with that we'll just have to wait and see what happens with sanchez right now i wouldn't be moving him on or thinking about it and like you said i'm not a goalie scout i don't really keep my ear to the streets with like up and coming goalies like well that's a bit weird isn't it who does that um <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, uh, I think that's the final question we've got. So thank you for your time, Babs. Thanks for coming on uh, the pod this afternoon. Um, oh, so it was enjoyable. No problem. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Ch- uh, we'll be back next week. And like I said, please just follow us on all the socials, join the Discord, and hopefully we'll have some more content coming for you soon through there. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, guys, and have a lovely Friday. Peace.
on Twitter and ranting. Doing the most. True say that money is power, so when you get money, keep fighting. Ghost. Ghost. I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post. But next time is a golden goal. And- Sports Social Podcast Network.